0: I talk to you about this one, saying no without guilt. There's a book I read years ago that said, When I say no, I feel guilty. And some people do. And so uh, if you're one of those kind of people, and people deal differently. Some people, they're, they're, they're uh, relationship-oriented. And so they, they think about the relationship, how they feel. They want to get an understanding up close. And other people are not. I deal, by the way, better with people that don't even have feelings. Uh, I have to gear myself down to people that have feelings because, and, and I learn how to be compassionate, but I just, I just have to deal that way. But by nature, I'm totally at home with people that just black and white is the way it goes. I, that's just so much easier for me because I don't get my feelings hurt. Uh, and, and, and so, and I, and I assume other people don't. I have a brother in law that's that way that's unbelievable. He, he's more than that for me. And so, saying no to him is the easiest thing in the world. You know, he'll call me and say, We're going so and so Friday night. You know, I'll be in town. You're going to meet me in Atlanta. We'll go to so and so. I said, No, I got plans Friday night. Okay, bye. And, and that's fine. And, and people say, Y'all talk so abrupt. Well, I love him. He loves me. I'll never forget one time, though. He, he had a chain of hotels that he had. And he came in and he was sitting there and he was showing me and my wife some stuff all around the place. And he said, I just bought this one. Here's what we're doing and all that stuff. And he was talking. And uh, somebody came over to him and told him a problem. He said, Really? He said, Yeah. He said, Okay, I'll take care. And so he said, excuse me a minute, Bill. And he walked over and sat down with the guy that was playing the piano. It was a big, nice, like Hilton Hotel. He walked over to the guy playing the piano and slid down beside him and started talking to him. And so my wife and I are still sitting here, and we, you know, we're eating the dinner that he brought to us. And um, he came back over and sat back down. He said, listen, tonight we're going to go golfing and so-and-so. And so Debbie asked him, she said, uh, was there a problem there? He said, no, I had to fire the piano guy. And, and so then he said, and he never thought about it. And she said, well, when did you fire him? Did you tell him, like, at the end of the week or something like that? He said, no, at the end of this song. And, 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 and he just kept cutting his steak. you got to try this. this is so good. He, and, and, and the crazy, it may be weird, but I get along with people like that. I get along real well with folks like that. And uh, he, he has done real well. In fact, he called me last Friday about a deal he made. Oh, it made me sick. He had offered me a chance to get in on something, and I didn't do it. And he called me last Friday and just said, I just want to tell you, if anybody else has... Boy, you missed the boat, you're a fool. And, uh, and, and I, I have been kicking myself for two weeks about that. Uh, but, but most of us, if we, if we have a problem saying no, and, and particularly women are, are more this way and, and with children, it's hard because you don't want to hurt somebody. I mean, the last thing you do is hurt. Uh, here's what we say. It takes guts to say no. It doesn't take much to say Yes. That's why we do it so often. Good leaders understand the power and the importance of no. We've always said the higher you go, the more likely your answer is going to be no. You know, that's just the way it goes. It, when it, they won't say no at the lower level. You know, they just keep kicking it up. And so if you're the boss, you, you feel like you're saying no all the time. Um, here's what Mary Kay Ash said when Mary Kay Ash founded the $1.7 billion cosmetic company. Bearing her name with starting a business, time management was a vital concern. Because she worked out of her home, as do her consultants today, phone calls from friends were becoming a problem. They would call asking, do you have time to talk? She took a novel approach to managing phone calls. I bought a doorbell at the hardware store for $9.95. When conversations dragged on too long, I'd ring it. I had a very cooperative dog that'd go crazy. Every time the doorbell rang, I could say, I'm sorry, but my doorbell's ringing. That would end the conversation without hurting anybody's feelings. And uh, I guess that's a good way to get around it. Instead of just saying, my idea is you could have saved all the paragraphs when she said, do you have time to talk? And you said, No. Um, but, but our object today is to teach you how to say no, so we're going to learn how to say no. The inability to say no produces negative consequences. Here's what happens. One, you disrespect yourself because you can't say no. You know that feeling. You ever say, I'm so sorry I said that. And, Why did I step in? So you disrespect yourself. Number two, you get distracted from what you really want to accomplish. How many times have you started out with an agenda that you're going in your direction, and then all of a sudden... <laughs> Something came along and interrupted it, and because you didn't say no, it took you longer to do what you're supposed to be doing. And, uh, and here's an easy way. If you're one of those that like to like to get off the phone, like to get away from that, here's something. Now, if I say this, you're going to swear that I use it on this, so I'm almost afraid to tell you this, but this is the way you can do it. If i got to get away, suppose Mike and I are talking, I say, look, I know you're busy, and so I'm going to leave you be. Well, really, what I'm saying is i got to go. And so my way, I know you're busy, make, well, I am busy, okay. So that's one, one technique some people use. I know you're busy. And, and so they're, they're saying, I'm doing this out of respect for you, but I'm out of here. And so that's one way. Uh, you, you, the third is, you can become disappointed with people because you feel they just want to use you. And you better remember this. fact is, is, everybody wants something. Everybody wants something, okay? If you don't learn that, you, 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 you're not going to get far in life. Everybody wants not necessarily bad. Uh, if you can help them, you ought to. If you can't, don't don't make it ugly. But 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 you everybody wants something. Uh, you want to grow in leadership. That's the reason you're here. And uh and so we all of us want something. Uh, we, and, and because we want something, we have to understand sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. It's okay. Uh, but but there is a place that if somebody's always taken and never given you can start saying every time they come around, they just want you know. If they're calling me all the time because they just give me, give me, give me, and they're never putting something on the table, there comes a place that you say uh, this relationship's not going to go any place. But number four, you disconnect from people so that you don't have to tell them no. Um, there are certain people that are just avoid folks. You know, they're kind of like the people that when the phone rings, they tell the kids, "Tell them I'm not here." Then they tell the kids later, "If you lie to me, you're in trouble." You know, and what kind of example do we just set? You know, and so. Uh, but their, their, their fear of saying no. Sometimes you've got to stop and say, what's the worst case scenario? If I say no, what's it going to do? Are they going to go jump off a building or shoot themselves? No, they're going to go right on with their life. Well, then why has it become so difficult to do it? I think it's because we want people to like us. I think it's because we don't want to disappoint people. And the problem with that is if you can't say no, you'll say yes to so many things that are probably not your strength or take up your time Or eat up your energy, you'll you'll say yes to so many things you can't possibly be good at the the things that you really are good at. And so sometimes saying no is the best thing you can do for them. It's the best thing you can do so they can get the best service. Uh, It's it's time to say no when. There's seven ways. Seven ways to know. Number one, when you're overloaded already. There's too many projects on your plate. You'll earn more respect by saying no than by letting everyone down, including yourself, because you've just taken on too much. I have, a, I have a guy on my staff that is a, uh, is a wonderful patient guy. His name is Gene Boyd. And Gene, his blood pressure at all times is 120 over 80. Never moves. He'll never get upset about nothing. I mean, I don't care how bad it gets. I've been in him, with him when he's flying planes, and we've almost had some good collisions. He don't bother. You know, if my time to go is my time to go. What a way to go. Isn't it a good day to die? You know, that's just Gene. <laughs> nothing bothers Gene. Gene has an unusual ability though if you have two things to do. Like right now, if he's got, if he's gonna counsel five or six people today and he's got something else to do, and I come in and say, Gene, would you take care of this? So-and-so died and take care of that need. Gene will immediately say, okay, and then he goes in and he takes off those other things on his plate. Call these people, tell them I can't do this and this. Gene's only gonna keep two or three things on his plate, no matter what. No, you cannot overload that man's plate. I promise you. Now, me, I'm I'm not that way. I'll just put it on there. Maybe we can squeeze it up and all that. But, but I don't, I don't, I'm not smart like him. He knows how he just keeps those two or three things on his plate. And the whole time, you know, I'll be frustrated. Gene, can't you do that and this? His idea is, no, can't do these two, two or three things. And that's why Gene is already 62 years of age, has no blood pressure problem, don't take one pill for his health, and he'll live to be 105, and he'll bury me in about two or three years, and, uh, <laughs> and he'll go on because he, he never... He never got too overloaded. Number two is this. It's time to say no when your health is suffering. I want to tell you, if, if you don't appreciate it now, if you're young, please appreciate it. Take care of your health. I'm telling you, that's the one thing you can't hardly regain once, once it's hurt. But, uh, but many people spend the first part of their life earning their wealth and, uh, and expending their health. Then they spend the last part of their life spending their wealth to regain their health. And, uh, and, and if you can learn, I, I have a dear old gentleman that calls me on a regular basis. He called me the other day. He's 84 years of age. He still runs in the Atlanta road race. He, he used to ride buffalo or, ro- or, or, or uh, whatever those deals were. He used to do that thing down in uh, the bull run. He used to ride in rodeos. Uh, he used to jump out of planes. And I mean, this guy is just going, going, going. And 82, and he calls me the other day, and he was telling me how good he's doing and some stuff he's doing but he's just actively involved all the time. And I'm thinking, you know, if he ever really had a health problem, he would just die because he's not used to being confined or doing anything like that. And I, and I wish I had that kind, of a, that kind of a discipline in my life. For those. But I do know this. If your health starts suffering, you don't need to add more to it. Stress is the reason we have heart attacks. Stress is the reason that we have broken relationships. Stress is the reason that most cancer can grow. It's a fertile environment. Stress is that deal that while we tend to think of it as being nothing. It it really is something that's underlying, that's eating away at us. And and if we can live, we got all these time-saving tools, and we're the most stressed-out society in the world. And so somewhere we've got to understand it's a matter of us being able to unwind and chill it down. So it's time to say no when your health begins to get in problems. Number three is when you risk time with your family. Um, The best supervisors know how to keep the priorities straight. Remember this, give yourself to those that are going to cry the deepest at your funeral. You know, when, when your funeral is over with, the folks that cry the most are going to be the family because they got to go home and live with the grief and your absence. And so make certain that you give yourself to them. When my son was playing baseball over at Columbus High many years ago, uh, it was a Wednesday night that their games were. I, I didn't preach on Wednesday nights. Back then I did the Wednesday night service, and I didn't. I went to all his ball games. And one of the deacons approached me, and he was real kind. He said, I was a deacon in another church, I'm a deacon here, and I don't understand how you can be gone for eight weeks on Wednesday night and, uh, and, and you know, leave us here. And I said, it's real easy. That's, not a, that's a value decision for me. And I said, he won't have a shot but this one year over here playing for eight weeks. I'm not going to have him looking around and say, everybody else's dad's here and mine's not. And I said, now, if I were unable to be here, that's one thing, but I'm able. And, and the church is taken care of, and nobody's... Nobody, you know, their needs to be met, and they need the break from me just as well. And, and he's going to know that when he looks up in the stands, I'm there. And that was, not a, that was not a big deal. I know too many people that have missed the best years of their kids' lives and missed the best times with their family because of working. And, and I don't believe if you got cancer today and you were sitting there at, the, at the, you know, dying, that you'd say, man, I just wish I had one more day to go to the office. You know, I just don't think you're going to say that. I think you're going to say, well, if I could hold that kid one, one more time, have another week with that family. And so, so keep that in mind. Number four, um, it's uh, say no when, when you're asked to do something illegal. Don't even think about breaking the law. It's never a good career move. If it's illegal, I've always told our staff, I'll stand behind you as long as you don't do anything illegal. If ever do anything illegal, I can't. And, and, and do the right thing no matter what. And, and that's just the bottom line of it. You gotta, you, and, and in a church, by the way, it's even harder for us. So I, th- I can say this with clear conscience to you. Uh, it, it, for example, with Excel, I can move it quickly, make one decision, it's done. In the church, because there's so many different layers of the right hand has to check the left, that, uh, that it doesn't move as smooth, move, moves slower. But we don't make a move without having to contact five different people to have to get their opinion in. And every week, you meet with boards and committees, and you explain everything you do. And, and all of those things are done just because you want to make sure that you're always safe. And, and so you want to make sure that you're legal in all, all that you do. Don't do anything that you know in the end is going to wind up hurting your, your career, your name, your reputation. Number five, it's time to say no when you're asked to do something contrary to your core values. That is, if you know in your, your heart, these are my values and I can't go against my values, then don't do that. If you, if you waffle on ethical issues, what will happen is in the end, you won't get much sleep. And, and, and you've got to be able to sleep good at night. And so the way you do it is say, these are what my values are, and I've got to stay within the line of my values. And, and your values don't have to be somebody else's. That's okay. Whatever my values are and their values, we don't have to agree on that. But, but I know that my values will also center my peace and, and keep my, my life in check. And if they can live with their values, that's it. I know some people that don't have any, any of the same core values, and they're doing fine. And so, so I, you don't want to try to make your values fit somebody else, but you want to live within line and in, in harmony with yours. Number six. It's time to say no when the timing isn't right. Timing is the critical element in leadership. If a project is an idea whose time has not yet come, wait until the time's right. Uh, many times we've done the right thing at the wrong time. You know, uh, I, oftentimes we've kind of jumped out and done something and It just wasn't the moment for that. And sometimes you can wait too long. Sometimes you can wait. Sometimes you, the moment passes because you're waiting too. You know, you you you, uh, you you didn't you weren't prepared. Or on other occasions, you can jump too fast. Timing is, in my opinion, one of those things we don't talk much about, but it is so crucial. Do um, you remember what the Bible says? It says this. A word that's that's uh, fitly spoken is like apples of silver in settings of gold. And that is, if you say the right word at the right time, uh, it, it somehow at that moment, it, it eases everything. If you say the wrong word, you know, I... I we, I had to remove a guy one time. He was at the front door out here. He was a guest, a, a greeter. People would come in the door, and bless his heart, he meant well. He's trying to be a good old country boy. But they'd walk in the door, and he'd say, Lady, what would you do to your hair this morning? Look like you stuck your finger in a socket. Well, she just got dressed, came to church, and, you know, and so I'd hear that, and i say, Is anybody else catching this? Somebody else would walk in the door. Man, you're getting fat. I ain't never seen her. And... and after about three of those, I said, get him away from the door. Put him back there licking stamps or envelopes or something. Don't put him around people. And you know something in his mind, because that's the way he talked. You know, In fact, his wife you know, his wife even said one time, he, he went in a store, and, and, and one of my boys was with him in the store, and, and, and somebody said, would you like a bag? He said, no, I married one of them. You know, and that's just the way he talked. So he just assumed that I can stand in the front door of the church and say that to people one after another. And 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 so, the, it was a, maybe that was a good time to do if you want to jest with your with your old buddies and that's the way y'all do. But it's the wrong time to stick them at eleven o'clock service greeting people, you know. We probably filled up four or five churches within a month or so with him doing that stuff, you know. Uh, number seven is you know it's you know it's time to say no when you know someone else is better qualified. You know if you're not the best person for the job, just step aside. That that shows wisdom and maturity. And 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 so, if you can't do it. You know, you just have to say, look, I, I'd like to, but that's not what I'm able to do. I spoke with a man just a moment ago about some prophecy stuff. And he said, you know, you think about doing some prophecy stuff? when I'm, I'm not qualified in that. I don't know that as much. You know, when I read about the white horse in Revelation, I just take it for granted. You know, Jesus wanted to ride a white horse. You know, they said, what do you think that meant? I just think a white horse. If he wanted a black one, he'd have said black one. If he wanted a brown, he said brown. You know, But they, they want to read into that. Well, they, and they may know some meanings that I don't know. That's fine. But I'm not going to go around and do prophecy conferences because that's not me. You know, They say, I can tell you when Jesus is coming back. I don't know. I'm going to live every day in the light that he might come back tomorrow. But if He don't, I want to be prepared to live a faithful Christian life that I'll be ready 25 years from now. And so uh, th- there's a place where the qualification ought to determine for us. We ought to be comfortable in our own skin saying, I'm not good at that and I'm good at this, and, uh, and, and i got to say no to it because I couldn't do you the best job, but somebody else could. And so we say here, knowing, to say, knowing how to say no is as important as knowing when to say yes. If you say it, mean it. Always saying yes isn't an act of loyalty, bravery, or self-sacrifice. Rather, it shows a lack of insight, discipline, and good sense. No is a necessary part of every successful leader's vocabulary. And, and if we go into relationships with the desire of we want... We want to just achieve the best results. What happens is, is I think that we can say no without it being so offensive. But we have to be on the same page. It has to be not, not about friends, not about relationships, not about I don't love you. It's just, that's just, you know, that, that's just the way I see it. Now, I could be wrong, but, but in this relationship, you ask me this, and the answer is no. And, and when you do that, if people love you, and I've always said this, you will know who your friends are after you go through a crisis or when you get prospered or when you tell them no. That's when you know who your friends are. Because if, if you say no and all of a sudden they, you know, they got an issue with it, they probably weren't, weren't there for your best interest anyway. And, and, and so you learn through prosperity, you learn through a crisis, and you learn when you say no. And I'll give you a quick illustration of that. I, I had a... Uh, I had a man that came up to me and approached me several years ago, one of the finest guys we've got in the church. And he came up to me and he said, I want to know, he caught me at the old church over there. I want to know when you're going to come visit me because he said uh, five or six other pastors in town have come. They knew I'm church shopping. And they've come and they've asked me to to join their church. And I've been visiting here a couple of weeks. I want to know when you're going to come. We were on the front door of the church and there was a dozen people there. And I said, I'm not coming. I said, are you a Christian? He said, yeah. I said that I won't be there. And he said, do you realize four or five other pastors have already come and they've asked me? And I said, let me be clear with you. My core values are that if you're already a Christian, you can pray and God will show you where to go. But I'm not going to go out and take a member from another church. Now, if you were not a Christian, I'd go and be glad to talk to you. But I'm not going to your home and try to steal you from another church. And I said, so I won't be there. And then he said, do you realize four or five other pastors? And I said, listen, you've said that three times, so I'm catching it, okay? And, and, And this was the honest truth. I said, it appears to me they've already stroked your ego enough. I don't need to come stroke your ego because if it takes five or six to come and now I get to stand in line behind the rest to beg you for membership, then the first time you get your feelings hurt, you're going to want me to come beg you to stay. And so I don't want to have that kind of relationship with you. If you want to join, you join, but you do it on the same terms everybody else does. Is that good? Now, he's one of the wealthier guys in town. You know something? He came to church, he's been here faithfully. In fact, he's so active right now that people never know. But whenever I've used that illustration, he's always said, when you got me, you said, I'm not going to stroke your ego. He said, I got to think about that. He said, my wife told me when I got a car. You know, that's what we want. She said, let's be honest. We just want our ego stroked, and it's meant a lot. Well, I know we all want to be affirmed. I know we all want to be liked. I understand that. But sometimes saying no will get you the result you want to start with. So I got him as a member by saying no to him, and he respects me now. If I'd have bent over backwards, given him everything in the world, chances are real good that in the end it wouldn't have lasted. Sometimes saying no can be the best thing you ever did. I have a quick closing illustration of it. I had a friend the other day me about his daughter. He said, my daughter was failing so bad in math, and she came home and said, I got the meanest teacher, and she's so terrible. He He said, it was hard, but I finally said, does she know how to teach math? Yes, she does. He said, okay, I want you to go tomorrow. You sit on the front row. I want you to be in the room with the meanest math teacher in the world. He said, the object is not to be friends with the teacher. The object is to learn math. And he said, now I shut the door and said, I hate it that my daughter's got to go in there and be in that room like that. And I, I'd want to go up there and say, mean old one, give them somebody that will bring them cookies every day. But she needs to learn math. He said, now for the first time in her life, she's making A's. And he said, you know why? Because I was willing to say, I'm not going to give in to this. You need your math. You're going to have to sit in there. I think sometimes we've almost been so easy that it has hurt us more than helped us. And so you can say no and be the nicest person in the world. And it ought to be that, that when we do, that people say, wow, you know, one of the nicest people that ever told me no. You know, and In fact, I'd rather have their no than some of the other yeses that don't come through anyway. So I'll take their no. And, and I don't think you have to have an attitude about it. I think you just say, I wish I could, but no. Or you can say, I know you're busy, so I'll let you go. All right. <laughs> Thanks for being here today. I think Catherine's going to come and she'll wrap it up.